Umket Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the summer of 1947, a clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts battled the forces of evil in the skies over America. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Brainchild of Friedemann Freudenberg. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she was following the beast deep into the heart of New York City. Crepsy's fast. Dixie knew that this was too important a mission to handle alone, however, and had radioed Brassy Battalion for help. Benedict Adarchenko had just been pulled from the salty waters of Long Island Sound, rescued by the United States Coast Guard. Seeing that Benedict was out of harm's way, Lily LaRue heeded the call of her leader, pulled a hard turn, and headed for the city proper. I'm on my way, Dixie. On the deck of the Coast Guard ship, Benny saw Lily leave with all due haste, and knew evil must be afoot. A plane. I need a plane. Take me to the nearest naval base. The rescue crew eyed the Russian warily, having bought into the propaganda that was near to fueling a cold war. I am on your side. I must help my comrades. Ugh, what is radio? And so it was that Benedict contacted Army Intelligence, and the familiar voice of Archibald Withersby sailed over the airwaves. Yes, I am with Army Intelligence. Now you're on the trolley. Artichenko's one of ours, and we need him in the air promptly. Pronto, and in another New York minute, if you have one. And so, the Coast Guard put into the nearest naval base. Benedict was loaned a U.S. Navy P-51 Mustang, and he took to the skies as soon as he was able. Zolnishka, my yo. Benedict and Lily were far out from the heart of the city, however, and would not be able to provide immediate assistance. Thomas Galen, having confirmed the final fate of Nev, heard the call of his beloved wife and returned to the air faster than the bookish Brit had ever moved before. Coming, sweetheart. Just hold on. But Tommy was still minutes away from the heart of the city. Just as Dixie worried she'd have to confront the beast alone, Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson and Joey the Skull Scalzetti, who had already returned to the air, pulled into formation behind their fearless leader. We're here, Miss Dixie. You asked for help and you got it, Toots. Just tell me where to shoot. The beast is just ahead, stopping right down Broadway. Where in some nation is it going? Maybe he wants to see a show. I hear Brigadoon is playing at the Zitmel. Joey! What? I hear the dancing in it. Something to see. Focus. Wait a tick. He's turning the corner. The beast reached the corner of Broadway and 34th Street and pulled a hard right. Keep on him! Why is he heading down there? I don't know, Pop. There ain't none down that way except the Empire State Building. The what? The beast picked up speed, running full out and storming down the street. It leapt from the ground and crashed right into the side of the Empire State Building. And then its claws came out, and it sliced them right into the very walls of the majestic skyscraper. And then, dear listeners, it began to climb. (laughs) What the heck is it doing? It's going up. Dixie's eyes narrowed 
and she made up her mind. I don't know what that fella's up to, but I'm sure it's no good. If he wants to go up, then it's our job to bring him down. All right. Let me fire up. Joey, no. No guns. We can't risk hitting the people inside the building. This is right. We're gonna have to do this the old-fashioned way. Let's barnstorm them. And so the trio of pilots zoomed and soared, getting as close to the beast as they dared, trying to halt its ascent. Not coming around for another pass. I think we're getting to him. Pull off, Pops. I'm coming through. Holy Jesus, he swatted at me. He almost got you, son. Be careful. Get off that damn building, you muck. Dixie weaved between the buildings and buzzed the beast, determined to shake him off. Alas for Dixie, she flew just a little too close and ended up within Claw's reach. Cripes! He got me! Can you find a place to land? No way! This is New York. Those streets down there are packed. I can't leave you. If you don't, you're done for. We can handle this. They won't have to do it alone. Seconded, honey. Seconded. Go, Dixie. We will stop beast. Yeah. Or die trying. No dying. Right back at you, Dix. They're gone. Get out of here. I'll be back as soon as I can. Give Oscar a kiss for me, okay? You bet. Hold the fort, Rossi Battalion. I will return. And with that, Dixie pulled her geoslip lever. And vanished. And now, a word from our sponsor. The Aromatic Umket Industries. Aromatic! Very. Well, you know how I loves me some aromas. I do indeed. But do you know, friend, which part of our bodies we use to enjoy delectable aromas? Of course I know. It's my nose. You know your nose? I know my nose likes to smell a rose. But are you a pro? A pro? Oh no, I don't know about pros. Do you know who knows who's a pro with their nose? It is I. The amazing Noel. He's amazing, he's astounding, not a charlatan, not confounding, the amazing Noel. And I'm his comely, short-skirted assistant, Miss Fortune Divine. The amazing Noel and Miss Fortune Divine, together at last and up for all time. That's right. And we're here to tell you what we know about pros who smell rose with their nose. And we shall do exactly that by introducing Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow. Say that three times fast. Rose Pro Nose Blow. Rose Pro Nose Blow. Rose Pro Nose Blow. Astounding! Won't you tell us more? Yes, won't you? But of course. You see, boys and girls, you won't object to Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow emulsified nose drops, as there's nothing unpleasant about them. Nothing at all? What could be unpleasant about sticking a large plastic applicator up your nostril and coating your schnozzy interior with the cool, soothing wetness of Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow? He makes a good point. There's nothing unpleasant and it's all so happy. Rose Pro Nose Blow will make you get clappy. And the drops won't run out of your nose and make you messy. And they won't run down the back of your throat and make you sickish. What's more, they don't burn or sting the inside of your nose. In nose drops, I often find the stinging without the burning. And I often find the burning without the stinging. And now you can both not find 
both of those things together. Well, it makes perfect sense. It won't burn, it won't sting, it's so nice and here's the thing. We are smart, so listen to what we sing. Umket Rose Pro Noseblow can quickly check a head cold, and yet do it in a nice way. These nose drops are something brand new, and a big improvement on old-fashioned oil drops. Mmm, that's nice. Are you quite all right? I, I, I sure, <laughs> I sure am. You're not in pain or about to fall over? Oh, oh, of course not. Let's just listen to more of what the amazing Noel has to say. I like your style, Miss <sighs> Fortune. <sighs> Mother is interested in getting results when you're cold in the head. And she'll get results much faster with Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow Emulsified Nose Drops. Listen to your mother, that is what she wants. Clear up your head cold like a good debutante. In every section of the country, Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow Emulsified Nose Drops are selling at an amazing rate. Every section? Each and every. And that's because they are better in every way. Every way? Each and every. For you see, Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow will surprise you with the way they look and act. I didn't know nose drops could act. We could fill our nose with what you don't know. They won awards cause they're the best there is. They have the best to shoot them up your face. And they are white and creamy. And they don't look or taste, or smell like medicine. In fact, they smell like roses. And that's why Rose is right on the name. What a fortuitous coincidence. Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow is medically superior because the drops stay up in the nose. There's nothing unpleasant and it's also happy. Rose Pro Nose Blow will make you get clappy. Ah, they're way, way up there. I can almost feel them in my brain. <laughs> Any child can understand that nose drops that stay up in the nose will do more good than nose drops that run right out. <laughs> run, run, little nose drops, run. <laughs> and if you impress this fact upon Mother, she will undoubtedly let you try these new type nose drops. New type? Wow, we need to get us some of those. You do. Yes, that's Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow. Say that three times fast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Sure. <laughs> Rose Pro Nose Blow. No, um, Rose Grow Slow Nose. <sighs> okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> blows, nose crows, so's nose, rose, Joe's throws, piccolos. <laughs> Procure a bottle at the corner drugstore today. And remember that a nose drop by any other name would most assuredly not smell as sweet. Fantastic. Give us one more prediction. Yes. I'm getting something. Yes. I predict a new age of nudity, for the human body will be glorified. Body designs, self-painted, will take up most of your free time. That's... 
Amazing, Noel! I know! Hello? Hello? I am the Dean. Of learning? Of many a mainstay of higher education. The Dean! Can this advertisement contain two titans of intellectualism at once? Let's hope it can. And what might the amazing Noel divine for you this fine day? I dare say nothing good, sir. I do believe you are a charlatan in need of a good thwomping. How dare you, sir? Did you or did you not predict that in 1946 the dead would be cremated and pressed into dice? I... well... did I? Roll the tape! In 1946, the deceased will no longer be buried due to a shortage of land. There will practically be no land left anywhere. And I predict that people will be cremated and be placed, compressed, into tiny cubes about the size of dice. Um... And it is now 1947, good sir. I say it is 1947, and I dare say none of that has ever come to pass. <gasps> um, uh, um, catch Rose Pro Nose Blows emulsified. I have to go. We now rejoin our program as Dixie arrives in the skies over Southern California. Dixie to AeroQuest. Dixie to AeroQuest. Do you read? Dix, back already? Requesting emergency landing. Give me a runway, Frank. Any runway. I gotta put her down before she puts me down. Jumping June bugs. Take runway two and get her down. I'm coming in. Have Freudenberg meet me at the tarmac. There's no time to waste. Dixie pulled on the control stick and dropped her landing gear, leveling her plane just enough to hit the runway parallel. Uh. The Amber Avengers screeched and skidded down the runway, smoke billowing from the brakes as Dixie fought to slow the aerial juggernaut. Stop, 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 stop! Before her, the hangar loomed ever larger and approached more rapidly than she cared for. Come on, baby, listen to Mama. Stop! <sighs> Dix! <sighs> Miss Dixie! Are you all right? Oh man, are you a sight for sore eyes? Miss Dixie, you had us all worried. What's the... Ugh, Himmel, what happened to the plane? The beast is what happened. Cut right through the hull like it was paper. My God. I need you to patch her up. Yeah, yeah, of course. This will take a little time, but... <sighs> Time's one thing we ain't got. What do you mean? The rest of the battalion's back in New York right now. The beast is rampaging. Scar is in town, and Joey and Benny were already shot down. They're both fine. They borrowed planes from the Navy, but their thunderbolts are toast, and I'm not about to let any of them get shot down again. Of course. I will patch her up as best I can so we can get you back into the air. How soon? Fifteen minutes. Make it ten. Jesus! What are you doing not even meet me out on the tarmac with Freudenberg? Why would I do that? Ain't you concerned about me? Aw, uh, I knew you'd be fine. I ought to walk right out of here and let you run the battalion without me. Wouldn't be Friday if you didn't threaten to quit. A 
Thought I'd throw you one for old time's sake. Come here, you big lug. You're going all soft on me. Where is everyone? The place is a ghost town. The LaRue ladies and Esmeralda took her kids to the park. There's some Independence Day festivities or something going on down there to celebrate our independence. Oh. I was hoping to... See, Oscar? Don't worry. He's here. He was napping and they didn't want to wake him. Let's go see him. He's right here. You've been sitting with him? Well, what am I gonna do? Leave him out in the hangar all alone? What's he doing with a beer bottle? Are you giving him beer? I just gave it to him to play with. Or playing with. Uh-huh. Give me a little credit, Dex. Oh, jeez, look at this. You let him drool all over himself. And you worry you'd make a bad mother. I ain't nothing special. I can see what I see, and what I see is you being all doting-like. I can't help it. He's just so beautiful. Takes after his pop, I think. <laughs> You saying I ain't a catch? I'm saying I think his daddy's the pretty one. So wait, if Oscar's the one napping, why are you still in your pajamas? I'm wearing them so the little guy wouldn't be embarrassed by being the only one wearing them. He's a year old, Frank. I don't think he minds. Well, in case he did. You haven't left the office yet today, have you? Ain't had no reason to. And hey, you might as well sign your paycheck while you're here. I gotta pry those checks out of you. Yeah, well... Yeah. You got a pen? Here. What a beauty. Hey. Ain't this the one that Bill had way back when? Yeah, works like a charm. Here. You keep it, Dix. It's all brassy and whatnot. Seems only right. Thanks, Frank. So how long you back for, Dix? Only as long as it takes Freudenberg to get the Amber Avenger Skyworthy. I gotta get back in the fight. Meanwhile, out in front of the hangar, Freudenberg dropped his goggles into place, fired up his welding torch, and set his mind to his task. There wasn't anything he couldn't repair, and time constraint or no, he was going to be sure Dixie could get back to doing what she did best as soon as humanly possible. Or if he had anything to say about it, even sooner than that. Assist me, my robot friend. But I don't know how. And so you will learn. A welding. The aerodynamics. Hooray! I also happen to have a blowtorch hand. Well, yeah, I know. I'm the one who built it in. It's an optional feature on most robots, you know. It's like undercoating, but more practical. To work, then. To work! And as they worked, Freudenberg was reminded of his youth. And so it is, dear listeners, that through the magic of radio and the theater of the mind, we are able to travel back with Freedom in Freudenberg as he recalls his days learning the ways of machinery and mechanics from Grandpa Freudenberg. Let's listen in as he remembers. It was on this fateful day that a young Freedomin had carelessly knocked the Freudenberg family heirloom cuckoo clock from the wall. Briefly, he contemplated hanging the clock back on the wall and saying no more about it. But that idea was a little more than a passing notion. Nein, I must do what is right. And so, Friedemann weighed his way to his grandfather's garage, though it hardly served as a garage at all. I do not think I have ever seen a single automobile in it. But then I have never actually seen the inside of it either. Come and see Aaron. 
For the first time, Friedemann walked through the garage that was more than a workshop, his eyes alight with wonder. It was filled with gears and gadgets, tools and trinkets, and no small amount of love. Friedemann approached his grandfather, trepidation in his steps. Grossvater? Uh, 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 spoken English. But why? Because I fear the National Socialist Party, my boy. One day Germany will not be safe for free thinkers like us. And knowing English will give you freedom. Yes, sir. Now then, what is it, boy? Grandpa Freudenberg, I... I accidentally broke the cuckoo clock. Is that so? Yeah. I mean, yes. Well. Well, I suppose I could try to find a job. I could pay for a new one, I guess. Oh, I do not think that will work. No, not at all. That was a priceless heirloom. Oh, I'm sorry. I will work as long as it takes. I... You will do nothing of the kind. You will fix it. But, but I don't know how. And so, you will learn. And so, Friedemann spent hours learning to repair the clock. And it ignited a fire in him. There was something very soothing, very right, about fixing that which was broken. And a passion was born. And together, they repaired the clock. Success. And then, anything else they could get their hands on. Automobiles. Excellent. Toasters. Everybody loves toast. The Friedenberg family radio set. I love the radio, especially those dramas they air. And they even took on work for hire. Ah, I have this order, but I don't know how to do this. I do. Watch. It's a robot. I have even installed different voice templates for future use. You've thought of everything. Now to ship it out to America and the people who paid us to build it. A company called Umket Industries. Ah, America sounds delightful. If ever the day comes, my boy, when you must leave Germany, let that be the place you go. Chase your dreams and continue to do what is right. In no time, I am sure you will have good friends. A beautiful and talented, possibly red-headed wife, and eventually even little Freudenbergs of your own. Ah, it's everything I ever wanted. Friedemann smiled to himself as he put the finishing touches on his work back outside the main hangar at Aeroquest Dynamics. He was sure Grandpa Freudenberg would be proud. Aha! You just remember, Oscar. Mama loves you. Miss Dixie, the Amber Avenger is ready to go. My hero. She's going soft. You just said what I just said. All right, out of my way, boys. It's time I led the Brassy Battalion to its crowning conquest. This production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie Stenberg. Beer bottles and drool, Frank? Come on. Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. I'm taking good care of him in the way that I care for him. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. Oh, who cares about that? What about me? Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Withersby. You're worried people are more concerned with the crying baby than with the whining child? Yes, right. Wait a minute, which one am I? Take your pick. I really don't like either of those options. Pete Mylan as Freudenberg. You do not care what you like. This was my flashy backy episode. Don't you ruin it for me. 
Scott Finnecombe as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. And when Dixie joins us, all of the battalion will be back together. Anthony Piselli as Joey Scalzetti. And back in the air. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. And we'll give that beast the what for. Perry Whittle as Benedict Derichenko. And save the people. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. And get things back to normal. Catherine Pride as Rennie. Hey, don't forget about us. Justin Dobby as Volker. Yeah, we're here too. Oh, we ain't gonna forget about you. We will crash you too. <laughs> There's no stopping us. The Beast, Scar, it doesn't matter. Brassy Battalion is here to keep the world safe. Ah, I love you guys, you know that? May I never live to see the day I see this again, but Frank was right. Dixie is going soft. You just try me, Bill. This was about me! Me, 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 me! Do not try to steal my spotlight! She really, really doesn't like it when you do that. Believe me, I know. Can I help it if I get more end credit lines? <gasps> May the best villain win. We shall have words! Words? I'm so very frightened. What are you going to do, enunciate at me? Oh, wait. If you could do that, they would have hired you on Broadway. <laughs> Pete Mylan as young Freudenberg. Wow, I never got to have more than one role in an episode before. Pete Mylan as Grandpa Freudenberg. They're really all the same role, you know. Just slightly older and slightly younger. Don't take this away from me. The truth hurts, Friedemann. The truth hurts. Why Why would you even do that? Why? You were getting along so well. Gentlemen, please. I think we can all of us agree that Pete Mylan is a fine actor who has displayed some outstanding work in this episode, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Kristen Bays has the Umket triplets. Three Freudenbergs, and they're all cute. But for each of us, <laughs> I'll pass. The rest of you had better pass, too. He's spoken for. Bill Young as the Amazing Noel. I, uh, um. M. Sierra Garcia as Miss Fortune Divine. Oh, don't blurry, Noel. I call Glove Blue. Oh, dear. Jerry Crawford as the Dean. Hello! I say, you cannot hang up on me. Why, I should come right over there and... Good luck! Ryan Pickens as Robot 153. And now we know my humble origins. I am so happy. Joy, joy, joy. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. What about me? Where did I come from? Evil has always been and will always be. You me. Sam Young as the Beast. <laughs> and Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. Well, I don't know if I like where this is going. This is Seth Adam Sure. Stay tuned next time as Evil is Afoot. Only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, brought to you by the Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow. And remember, what could be unpleasant about sticking a large plastic applicator up your nostril and coating your schnozzy interior with the cool, soothing wetness of Umket Rose Pro Nose Blow? 
Say that three times fast. Fly dung squirts. Stay safe, America, and good night. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Bill Fisher, assistant director Bruce Busby. Umkit Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2010, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.